Hello and welcome to this podcast on Anchor with Joe Hackney. Uh, I've got a message today. This is going to be more of a Bible study message. Um, it's uh, dealing with uh, terms and and things that we label people with, or we might label their ministry, or we might label uh, the preacher himself. Uh, it deals with... Uh, uh, Many times people, uh, they will comment or say stuff about another person's ministry or their preaching or whatever. They will make comments uh, without, you know, leaving their opinion without any foundation of why they uh, left that kind of a comment or anything. It's just something that's been on my mind for a little while. Uh, It seems like... uh, each generation or, or age that we move into, uh, we always come up with uh, special names or clever uh, titles that we'll give things. Uh, so that's basically uh, the gist of the, the message. Uh, pretty much um, that and dealing with uh, many members of the one body. Uh, so I've titled this uh, Isms. And I uh, I-S-M-S, just isms. Many times today, in today's society, church age, um, like I said, we'll label uh, somebody else's ministry or the somebody another preacher or whatever it is, and we don't really back up anything, but we come up with terms that uh, it just kind of, I, I just wonder about it many times. Uh, to give an example to start out here, uh, Many know that I suffered a, a debilitating work injury, and uh, while I was uh, going through the process of getting my uh, disability retirement, I had to go through a series of hearings, and and uh, many times uh, it just seemed weird to me. And I know of one particular time I was at a, a hearing, and uh, my lawyer uh, had labeled my uh, illness or my disability as failed back syndrome. Uh, put a syndrome on the end of it. Uh, the hearing officer's like, uh, what is that? I've never heard of that before. And uh, of course, my lawyer, being a lawyer, couldn't really pinpoint why I was not healed. The doctors had done all that they could do as far as uh, surgeries and, and things like that and rehabs and uh so he really couldn't explain why I wasn't uh, healed. So the lawyer, uh, being clever as they are, uh, likes to split hairs, be technical, uh, labeled this as failed back syndrome. He put a syndrome on the name to make it a medical type term so that, you know, uh, it would, so that it would fit in uh, the confinements of their uh, definitions of what can be wrong with people and all of that. And I believe he uh, showed the hearing officer, uh, he had like three other clients at one time uh, that he labeled them with the same thing and that the judge recognized it as being a medical illness or issue or something. And, and it's just kind of funny because that's what lawyers do. And there's a lot of lawyeristic uh, people in the church today. Uh, I've been in it really since the beginning of time, uh, since Jesus 
even came and established his kingdom here on the earth. Uh, but that's kind of what I want to get into. Again, like I say, um, and it just seems out of sorts uh, to me that in the modern church age that Christians uh, of any random denomination, they seem uh, to be labeling ministers with some new clever names themselves for, you know, the styles of preaching or the ministry, uh, much like the doctors who will put clever names on age-old diseases and stuff. Uh, somebody could be 95 years old, they die. Well, the doctor's going to say they died of heart failure. Uh, common sense? Common sense says that uh, they died of old age, basically. But the doctor has to put a name on it, a label. And and this is why they died. And, that you know, the person died because they got old. We all get old and die. Uh, even if we receive healings and miracles, eventually we're still going to grow old and die. Um you know, and, and a lot of times in the church today, uh, to keep up with the times and to be politically correct, uh, ministers and stuff will uh, redefine sin with a medical term. You know, the person's got sin in their life, uh, you know, they just can't stop doing something, so they, they, they're like, it's a disease. You know, uh, we see that with alcoholism and, and many other uh, addictions, uh, we put a label on it as if it's a medical term, that something that we can't help. Uh, therefore, they will give us basically band-aids to help us cope with our problem. And, and that's sad because in the church, that's exactly what a lot of ministers are doing. Uh, they're not calling a sin a sin, uh, but rather they'll give it a, a medical type term. And rather than try to cast out uh, a foul spirit, uh, they will counsel the person, uh, advise maybe to go to a doctor, you know, and get get whatever uh, foul spirit in you to uh, help you cope with it and to live with it. Rather than praying uh, for a person, rather than casting out a, uh, an evil spirit, uh, the church doesn't want to call uh, and a spirit of spirit. We don't want to tell somebody in our congregation that you're possessed with the devil. You're possessed with an evil spirit, a foul spirit, uh, because that is offensive. But it's the truth. I mean, uh, many, many of humans' uh, issues and problems, especially even in the church, uh, they're not a medical problem. They are a sin problem. They are, you know, somebody is being influenced by uh, some sort of foul spirit, uh, spirit of the enemy uh, or the world, in some way, somehow. I do believe, though, doctors are good. Uh, counselors can be good. Uh, but I suggest to seek godly counselors, godly doctors, and things of the sorts. Uh, but for the most part, we are so quick to, uh, yeah, try to help people cope with their problems rather than just calling it what it is. Um, and from time to time, I see and I receive that actually and read comments that people will leave on a post or even mine uh, that so-and-so preacher is promoting a selfism gospel or a prosperity gospel or they are a celebrity preacher and, and the list just goes on and on. We come up with all these isms. Uh, much like I said, my lawyer come up with a syndrome. Uh, we got a lot of syndromes in the church, 
that's not being addressed through prayer, but through counseling and, and other sorts. And while I do agree, like I said, that there are a lot of worldly preachers who do preach and promote uh, such topics as, you know, that's a selfism gospel, that's prosperity, that's a word of faith, and, and we got all these names. But why is it that we got to put a derogatory label on every preacher that's coming and going that is not really our preacher or is not us? How does this practice of teaching and, and edifying and leading the people to see the errors of the way, how does all this help uh, to label people in this way, actually, without explaining the foundation of your opinion or your statements? It's basically malicious and disobedient, to say the least. How so, you might ask. Well, I am glad you asked. Uh, my take on the whole matter of these selfism and the prosperities and the words of faith and, and stuff like that, I, I take the position of we must understand that in reality, in reality, someone needs to preach and remind people of who they are in Christ. For even the very elect can be worn down by the devil's attack on our proper place in God's kingdom. He just loves to tell people uh that especially God's people, that we are not as special to God as we might think or believe, or we're not as special to God as the Word of God says, no different than what he, he, he did with Eve, you know, did the Lord really say you're going to die, you, you know, he's always trying to bring people down through doubt, if he can get you to doubt yourself of who you are in Christ and your position in Christ, and so many times we need to be reminded of who we are. And you might have just heard one sermon from a preacher, never heard nothing more of him, just that one, and, and, it, and he was preaching on who we are in Christ. You'll leave that uh, session and, and call him a selfism gospel. Uh, when in reality, you don't know the preacher at all, you don't follow his ministry, you probably never did no homework uh, of what they've preached in the past, and, and then you never give anybody place to grow. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things that I would have preached 15 years ago. I, I see a little deeper uh, understanding of today. I may not, I might the same message, but I might word some things differently. You, we are all still growing and none of us are at the same level all the time either. And uh, so many times within the body of Christ, there are many different ministries in order to serve for a greater purpose in God's kingdom here on earth. One might be a prison ministry. Another might be a food bank. And for the minister of the food bank to run down the minister of the prison ministry would be showing ignorance and self-righteousness-ism. Instead of always attaching an ism or some kind of syndrome to everybody else's ministries that you don't agree with, why not study more in depth the Word of God and understand that the body has many members that make up the one body? And then let the other members operate in their God-given abilities while you study to be quiet. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 11, King James Version. It says, And that you study to be quiet and to do your own business, and to work with your own hands as we commanded you. Many times we, 
we have a ministry over here that we're doing that. You may not want that to go on in your church, but what gives you the right to go over and 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 bash on somebody else's ministry that you don't even you're not familiar with that much anyway? You don't follow them. You don't pay tithes and offering to them. You you're not over there volunteering your time, and to bash on somebody and say well, that's prosperity and that's word of faith and that's. Uh, Selfism and all that without explaining why you believe that in their teaching because I am a preacher myself. But first of all, I'm a student. I will forever be a student. And you have to be a student if you're going to be a teacher, preacher. Uh, you have to be humble enough to, uh, before uh, spatting your mouth off, it's best to hold your wisdom a minute, do your homework, and then be effective and explaining why you believe what you believe about another person or church. You know, uh, there's churches all around me. But, you know, I'm not going out and, and bashing on those churches because I really don't even know them. I don't, you know, I don't go sit in on them. I might hear of one sermon here or there. Maybe I pick up off the Internet. I cannot judge a man by one sermon. I can't judge a man by even five. I really can't judge a man until they die. And then I can't even judge them then because, you know, they, who knows uh, the mind of uh, a God and what kind of ministry he might be doing in another area. Uh, because be sure your sins will find you out. So if this minister or that preacher or whoever, if they are in the wrong and they are deliberately sinning and deceiving, uh, it will find them out. So a lot of times rather than running our mouth. We need to hold our wisdom. And the old golden rule, if you don't have nothing good to say, don't say it at all. If you want to say it, back it up Why you want to say it for. Don't just run off and insert your comments and then run and never show up to talk about it. Not to argue about it, but to talk about it. I don't mind people coming and, and, and being uh, given opposition to what I'm teaching because, you know, I don't know it all. And I am a student first. But when you come to me, don't do it maliciously, uh, and don't don't do it with the the as if you're holier than thou, and you're just going to come in and beat me with the Bible with the rod, and expect me to just submit to your opinion, to what you believe uh, the word means on a matter. Uh, we got to work out our own salvation in Christ, Philippians chapter two, twelve through sixteen. Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Do all things without murmurings and disputings, that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life, that I may rejo rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. Now in this, I consider this a Bible study. I am going to use, uh, I want to use, and I intend to use more scripture than I do of my own words. So I'm going to go right on in to Romans chapter 12, verse 3 through 21. Before I really start, I want to just say again, when you 
are showing uh, when you comment or you might confront people uh, with an issue that you don't agree with or you think somebody's in the wrong and you don't explain your position, you don't, you don't study to uh, live peaceably uh, and you just want to slurt out stuff uh, without explaining or backing yourself up. Uh, it's funny because, see, you could be so smart and so uh, knowledgeable in a lot of other scripture but you can lack in this area to where you're not effective at all. Because, you know, it's maybe this person is preaching in a ministry that uh, you just can't comprehend because it's not your vocation. It's not, it's not in you to run a food bank or, 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 I don't know, something like that. It's just not in you. And, and we're supposed to have brotherly love. How can you say that if you count them as a brother? I don't see how you can. So, therefore, it's my judgment that you consider these people, not of God, therefore they are false. I'm going to get on down in there. Rather than running your mouth, I'm going to get to uh, the very wise Pharisee uh, that we're going to come up to. But in Romans 12, 3 through 21, For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we, being many, are one body in Christ, and every one members of one another. Having then, differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. Or ministry, let us wait on our ministering. Or he that teaches on teaching. Or he that exhorteth on exhortation. He that uh, love be without dismulation. Abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love. And honor preferring one another. Not slothful in business. Fervent in spirit. Serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer, distributing to the necessity of the saints given to hospitality. Bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. Rejoice with them that do rejoice, and weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. Recompense no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. And if it be possible, as much as lies in you, live peaceably with all men. With all men. Didn't say just the brothers and sisters, but with all people. We must strive to live at peace with them. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves but rather give place unto wrath, for it's written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hungers, feed him. If he thirsts, give him drink, for in so doing thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. And be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Uh, I ain't got it wrote down, but I will add it. I Come to mind, you know, uh, don't answer a fool in his folly, lest you become like him. 
many times where people will, will say things out of ignorance like that. I won't comment back. Uh, I'll just leave it go. And, and I don't care if they walk away thinking, well, I told that guy. Uh, you know, you, you did, I'll leave it even up on my post so that everybody else that will come to it can see really how ignorant some people are like that. Uh, and they, they look not ignorant as in, you know, I'm being insulting toward them. But I'm sad because they're not that uh, wise to teaching. They're not following Romans here, chapter 12. Uh, they're, they're not doing any of that when you do that. If you do inject your opinions and stuff like that in there and you don't leave uh, no space to explain yourself, why, why? Why did you do that? It's not helping the person. It's not helping me. If, I, if I'm in the wrong and you genuinely think I'm in the wrong and you don't want to explain why you think I'm in the wrong, what good does it do to tell me that I'm wrong? I am a student. I want to know. If you know something that I don't know, please tell me. Uh, I may not always accept whatever you had to say, but I'd at least like to have the opportunity to choose if I wanted to, to ask God, hey, is this person kind of showed me something different, you know? Uh, why, why, why can't you do that? Because most people, they, they don't know how to handle the Word of God. They get some scriptures in them, and they think that they've got the right to go out and use it as a weapon towards the brothers and sisters instead of to the world. And this is going to be referring to the, uh, the, uh, the wise Pharisee in Acts chapter 5, 29 through 42. All verses are from King James Version here. Uh, then Peter and the other apostles... They answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than man. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you slew and hung on a tree. Him hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses of these things, and so is also the Holy Ghost, whom God hath given to them that obey him. And when they heard that, they were cut to the heart and took counsel to slay them. Then stood there one up in the council, a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a doctor of the law, had in reputation among all the people and commanded to put the apostles forth a little space. And he said unto them, You men of Israel, take heed to yourselves what you're intending to do as touching these men. For before these days rose up Theodos, boasting himself to be somebody, to whom a number of men, about 400, joined themselves with him. They were slain, and all of them, as many as obeyed and followed him, were scattered and brought to naught. After this man rose up Judas of Galilee in the days of the taxing, and drew away much people after him, he also perished. And all, even as many as obeyed him, were dispersed. And so now I say unto you to refrain from these men and let them alone. For if this counsel or this work be of men, it will come to naught. But if it be of God, you cannot overthrow it, lest happily you be found even to fight against God. And to him they agreed, and when they had called the apostles and beaten them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus, and they let them go. And they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing 
that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. And daily, daily in the temple and in every house, they ceased not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. We see the wise Pharisee here, though. And it's a shame because, see, many times a wise sinner can be smarter than the wisest Christian in a church. For this man knew, hey, if it ain't of God, trust me, it ain't going to happen. But if it be of God, you're not going to be able to stop it. So this wise Pharisee was able to hold his, he's like basically, hold your wisdom a minute, hold your opinion, don't inject what you don't understand, just, don't just go in and start jabbing because you know what, you could be actually uh, speaking against a different ministry uh, of God's fold of his body that you don't understand, but because you are self-righteousness-isms, like you like your syndromes, you like to just label everything and walk away as if whatever happened to even loving our neighbor, you, did you throw that out? Being kind and affection toward your neighbor, having patience with your neighbor, living at peace with your neighbor, to run your neighbor down without explaining to your neighbor, that doesn't help. It's no help at all. You just hurt a lot of stuff. And I liken a lot of this, uh, you know, Proverbs chapter 22, uh, 6, 8, and 10. Train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. He that soweth iniquity shall reap vanity, and the rod of his anger shall fail. Cast out the scorner, and contention shall go out. I'll read that again. Cast out the scorner, and the contention will go out. Yea, strife and reproach shall cease. So, we are God's children. And if the Word of God is telling us to raise our children this way, many times we can understand that God is going to treat us the same. He ain't going to tell us to treat our kids somewhere different than He's going to treat us as children of God. And it says, cast out the scorner and the contention will go. So if, uh, even though you may call yourself a Christian, that you're being scornful without explanation, you're just wanting to beat the person into submission without explaining to them why they are getting their beating. But if you get that out, well then the person who's listening, I'll take myself for an example as a student, if you take your maliciousness out of your comments and explain yourself, then all the contention between us will leave out, strife and reproach will go away, and then that leaves the table open for discussion where we're not arguing, we're discussing what is, you know, we're trying to find out what's right here, not trying to argue our positions. So, you know, the same way as we are to uh, raise up our children, we got to understand that God is raising us up the same way he has told us to raise our kids and to explain ourselves. Don't just beat your kid into submission without explanation. Um, in Deuteronomy eleven nineteen. And you shall teach them, your children, speaking of them when you sit in the house and when you're walking by the way, uh, when you lie down and when you rise up. Many of us have heard the phrase, spare the rod and spoil the child. And that's based off of Proverbs 13, 24, which says, actually, he that spareth his rod hates his son, but he that loves him will chastise him the times. And, you know, myself, growing up, I believed that this scripture was primarily for spanking children in order to keep them in order. 
However, though, after having children of my own and now grandkids, I realize that that scripture is more than just corporal punishment for bad behavior. The rod refers to discipline, protection, authority, and the power that God, as the good shepherd, gives to his children. And as parents, we are compelled to follow his example in order to raise up a godly generation to build up the kingdom of God and complicate the plans of our enemy, Satan. In order to fulfill these parental obligations, we need to follow the example of the Lord's rod, which keeps his children in the narrow way of righteousness rather than following the broad road of living destructive lives. Um, so to basically correct our children, uh, beat, you know, beating them with a rod, even if it's literally physically, without explaining why they're in trouble or getting in the spanking, that is not, that's not being a good parent. That's not being a good teacher. That's not raising your children up in a correct way. Uh, you know, spank your child, but then you let them know why. Uh, you want to come into a person's post and, and or you want to just talk bad about your neighboring church or your neighbor itself without explaining yourself or explaining why. You're just being malicious. You're trying to beat somebody into submission to your opinion. Give me fact to back it up. The word of God is facts and truth. I'm going to go right on into judging. Because you may judge me as being an ism or a syndrome or a prosperity. I don't whatever. Uh, I may judge you as being whatever. Many people say judge not that, uh, and that you be not judged. We are okay and allowed to judge one another. But well, I'll get to the scripture here. Matthew 7 and 12. Judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you shall be judged. And with what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you again. So I can even judge my neighbor who's a sinner. But I'm going to tell you, whatever standard that I'm holding that sinner up to, God's going to hold me to that standard. So go ahead and you judge. Just keep that in mind. That however, whatever standard that you're judging... Uh, that's how you're going to be judged also. And so if you're going to hold people up, just go in and, and you're going to maliciously attack without explaining. You're going to, you're not, you're going to take the Bible and, and you're going to, uh, you know, <laughs> you're going to take the Bible as your rod and take the Bible and start beating people with it without explaining. Symbolically, I'm talking metaphorically here and not explain yourself. Uh, you're trying to beat somebody into submission. How is that going to win? Not just a sinner off the street. How are you? How's that living at peace with your brothers and sisters? Because even if you're doing that and you count the person, the preacher, or the ministry as not being of God, God's still telling us to live at peace with them when we can. He's still saying to be good to them. You know, don't take the Bible, don't take God's word and go beat up everybody that you see. I seen a video where a guy stood up in Joel Osteen's church with the Bible, calling Joel Osteen out. Right there in front of everybody, you know, and, and a lot of people applaud that because, well, it was malicious. It wasn't the right time. It wasn't the right place. And you might say, how do you know that, preacher? Well, because the word of God wouldn't go with that. It wasn't like he was God himself walking in to the outer courts and turning over to the money changers' tables and stuff and, and beating them out. Jesus did that to them because they was making a merchandise in there. This guy, I don't really know, though, if he was called of God to do that or not. So my wisdom says I wouldn't do that because in my opinion, that's malicious. 
Uh, that's neither the time nor place. Uh, that just shows bullying and stuff like that. Using the word of God in uh, uh, a weapon like with a, a belt. Using it as a belt or a whip. Whipping a person. Now, I don't know how close that person was of, to God or what his relationship is with God. Did God tell him to go do that? Or did God, you know, have anything to do with that? I don't know those things. I don't know that man. And I don't know Joel Osteen's ministry. I just know from what I hear of Osteen. And I know what I've seen of that guy. I don't follow neither one of them, but I ain't going to sit here and speak evil of them because the world receives what the world wants. The world wants a Joel Osteen. They've got him. America, we wanted Donald Trump as president. We've got him. God will give the people what they want. God will give the people the itching ears if that's what they want. You know what? They can tickle people's ears at other churches, but I'm not going to do it here in this one. And I ain't going to allow anybody to come in and maliciously just attack or run your mouth off with your opinions uh, about anything uh, without really doing your homework and knowing who I am. And so the same like manner, we cannot judge uh, correctly uh, somebody that we don't know. Uh, you could judge them, but it's not going to be a correct judgment because you don't know all the story. Look at Bill Cosby's life. Uh, he had a legacy going for him, and you know what? I whether you found you think he's guilty or innocent. Um, for those who may not even know what's going on, that he was accused of uh, harass sexual harassment and stuff with women. Uh, but at I think eighty something years old, he got sentenced to three years in jail. Uh, so that tells me there's some guilt that literally was in there. Sin found him out at the end of his day. So everybody thought he was all of this going clear up to the end. And then at the end, his sin found him out. So a lot of times these preachers or other people that you might know, if you think they're in the wrong and you don't have the desire to help correct them or teach them, but you will take your Bible and smack them with it and then walk away, uh, that is that's ignorant. That is just ignorant. Let them people go like the, the Pharisee just uh, I read about there in Acts. Let these people go. If you ain't got nothing good to say, don't say it. If you don't want to back up your opinions or your reasons why you believe something, then don't say nothing at all. Because you know what? If those ministries are not of God, they will come to naught. And if they don't come to naught in your lifetime, you don't ever see it, doesn't mean that it's, it's not going to, because it will. If it's not of God, be sure the sins will find them out, whatever ministry it is. Uh, if it's running a charity, if that charity is false and it's running uh, a crooked charity... Trust me, it's going to come out, just like I gave Cosby as an example, that, you know, we can, we can go our whole life, and, and at the end of the day, our sins will eventually find us out. Judas, uh, you know, he walked three years there with God, and then, well, his sins surely found him out, and he, you know, he was counted with him, but he wasn't of them. We can't really say about another person's ministry. We can't say nothing about another man's Whatever, we can only go by what we know and what we hear. So if you want to inject uh, a biblical opinion about something that you've just heard, uh, please back up why you feel that way so that maybe a person can come in and, and, and we can have a discussion about it. We, we, we don't debate it, but we'll have a discussion because that opens the table to learning. Uh, you want to just say stuff like that? I'm not listening to you no more. I'm thinking of something, how I can punch you back with it. But in my uh, experience and wisdom now in God, I try to be more like Jesus, who on his way to the cross was like a, a, a sheep going to a shear, uh, dumb. He, he didn't open his mouth. Uh, so there's many times I don't want to 
address people's ignorance that way. You know, uh, I don't have the time or the patience many times unless the, I feel the unction of the Holy Ghost wanting me to do that. And just to clarify things, I this isn't a, a beef or a rant that I'm having against anybody who's commented on anything of mine because it's not. Uh, it, well, I have seen comments from time to time of mine, but this is just something uh, that's been on my mind a lot, uh, the labels that we give people, and we judge other people not even knowing who they are. We worry about other people's ministries more than we do our own, and, and you'll take scriptures like, you know, well, you got to slam with the word, and you got to be bold, and well, we, we misinterpret what being bold is about. We misinterpret what being uh, led by the Holy Ghost is about. We misinterpret uh, so many things uh, in that manner uh, you know, even like in Isaiah, cry loud and spare not. Uh, there's some preachers who think they have to yell all the time because they're sparing not. Just just take a, a, an Uzi, a machine gun, and just start shooting bullets everywhere. It basically is what that type of Christian is doing. And it's just, it's malicious, and it's not wise, it's not edifying, it's not teaching, it is not doing anything but stirring up division and, uh, with the spirit of Antichrist stirring it up, getting us to fight. Because God's word will divide father and son and mother and daughter and stuff, but many times we allow uh, Satan's spirit to get in and, and stir up issues between brothers and sisters that don't need to be going on. And so if I'm preaching uh, uh, about who I am in Christ or who somebody else is, I am this and I am that, and you hear all kind of I am's and I am's, and that's the only message you ever heard me preach. You will leave away from that, and you'll be like that guy's selfism. He's all about himself, and, and he better get off his high horse and mighty righteousness and all that. Well, I'm going to go through a list of I am's, not speaking of Jesus, but of me, Joe Hackney, because this is what the Word of God says I am, with great boldness and faith in Christ Jesus, I will declare to the devil and to his worldly kingdom just who God says that I am. And if you want to walk away and say that that was a selfism message, or I'm siding with Osteen's and Jake's and, and, and uh, whoever else is out there, um, you don't, you, you're, you're, you're speaking about stuff you have no clue about. Uh, you're not handling the Word of God properly. Uh, you, you might be pretty smart in some other areas of your faith, but, you know, we've got to have a healthy balance of every area. We have to understand that there are ministries uh, in the body of Christ. This ministry does that. That ministry does that. I may not like how that ministry over there does that. That's fine. I'm not going to, you know, whatever. We're just not going to do it here. And I, I don't want... The, the congregation that follows me, don't be going out uh, bashing on your neighbors, your church neighbors and other people. You know, just don't listen to them. Just turn them off. If you believe that guy is not of God, mark that man and they'll have nothing to do with him. Don't say nothing about him. Just don't do nothing with him. I am alive with Christ. Ephesians 2 and 5. I am free from the law of sin and death. Romans 8 and 2. I am far from oppression, and will not live in fear. Isaiah 54 and 14. I am born of God, and the evil one does not touch me. 1 John 5, 18. I am holy and without blame before him in love. Ephesians 
1 and 4 and 1 Peter 1 and 16. I have the mind of Christ, 1 Corinthians 2.16 and in Philippians 2.5. I have the peace of God that surpasses all understanding, Philippians 4.7. The Spirit of God, who is greater than the enemy in the world, lives in me, 1 John 4 and 4. I'm going to flip this now and start telling you who you are in Christ. I am this and you are this. I have received, you have received abundant grace and the gift of righteousness and reign in life through Jesus Christ. And that's in Romans 5 and 17. And I and you have received the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Jesus, the eyes of my heart enlightened, so that I know the hope of having life in Christ. Ephesians 1, 17 and 18. I have received the power of the Holy Ghost. You have received the power of the Holy Ghost and, and can do miraculous things through God. I have the authority and the power over the enemy that's in this world. The same spirit that rose Christ that lives in me. Mark 16, 17 through 18 and in Luke 10, 17 and 19. I am renewed in the knowledge of God and I am no longer want to live my old ways or nature before I accepted Christ. Colossians 3, 9, and 10. I am merciful. I do not judge others, and I forgive quickly. As I do this, by God's grace, he blesses my life. You'll find reference in Luke 6, 36 through 38. God supplies all of my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4, 19. In all circumstances, I live by faith in God and extinguish all the flaming darts of the attacks of the enemy. Ephesians 6 and 16 is the reference. I can do whatever I need to do in life through Christ Jesus who lives and gives me the strength. You can also. Philippians 4.13 You are chosen by God and called. Who called me out or called you out of the darkness of sin and into the light and life of Christ so that you can proclaim the excellence and the greatness of who he is. That's 1 Peter 2 and 9. I am born again, spiritually transformed, renewed, and set apart for God's purpose through the living and everlasting word of God. 1 Peter 1 23. I am God's workmanship, created in Christ to do good works that he has prepared for me to do. Ephesians 2.10 I am a new creation in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.17 In Christ I am dead to sin. My relationship to it is broken and alive to God, living in unbroken fellowship with him. You'll find that in Romans 6 and 11 reference. And a lot of, I'm just trying to put this more in a uh, modern translation so you can understand what I'm talking about. Go to these scriptures, whether King James Version or whatever, you will find the reference of what I'm speaking of here. But I am a joint heir with Christ, Romans 8.17. I am more than a conqueror through him who loves me, Romans 8.37. I overcome the enemy of my soul by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony, Revelation 12.11. I have everything I need to live a godly life, and I'm equipped to live in his divine nature. That's 2 Peter 1, 3-4. I'm an ambassador for Christ. 
2 Corinthians 5.20. I am part of a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a purchased people. 1 Peter 2.9. I am the righteousness of God. I have right standing with him in Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.21. My body, your body, is a temple of the Holy Spirit. We belong to him. I belong to him. You belong to him. That's 1 Corinthians 6.19. I am the head and not the tail. And I only go up and not down in life as I trust and obey God. References Deuteronomy 28 and 13. I am the light of the world. Matthew 5 and 14. We are his lights. We are to go out and shine them. Uh, just as Jesus was. His spirit it lives in me. He's the light. I'm the light. I'm to go out and shine my light as bright as I can. I am chosen by God. I am forgiven and justified through Christ. So are you. I have a compassionate heart. Kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. So do you if you follow the reference in Romans 8.33, Colossians 3.12. I am redeemed and forgiven of all my sins, and I've been made clean through the blood of Christ. If you don't believe that, then you're doubting the word of God. Uh, references Ephesians 1 and 7. I have been rescued from the domain of the power of darkness, and I have been brought into God's kingdom. Colossians 1 and 13. I am redeemed from the curse of sin, sickness, and poverty. Deuteronomy 28, 15 through 68, and also Galatians 3, 13. 2 and 7, you'll find the references. My life is rooted in my faith in Christ, and I overflow with thanksgiving for all he has done for me. That's Colossians 2 and 7. I am called to live a holy life by the grace of God and to declare his praise in the world. Psalm 66 and 8, 2 Timothy 1, 9. I am, the, I am healed and whole in Jesus. Isaiah 53 and 5, 1 Peter 2:24. I am saved by God's grace, raised up with Christ and seated with him in heavenly places. Ephesians 2, 5 through 6 and Colossians 2, 12. I am greatly loved by God. John 3, 16, Ephesians 2, 4, Colossians 3, 12, Thessalonians 1 and 4. I am strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. Colossians 1, 11. I humbly submit myself to God, and the devil flees from me because I resist him in the name of Jesus. James 4 and 7. And I press on each day to fulfill God's plan for my life because I live, in, I live to please him. Philippians 3.14. I am not ruled by fear because the Holy Ghost lives in me and it gives me his power, love, and self-control. 2 Timothy 1 and 7. Christ lives in me, and I live by faith in him and his love for me. Galatians 2.20. So, with all those scriptures there, uh, I've just read of who I am. I am these things in Christ. So, if I'm preaching a message and I'm telling people who you are, 
where I'm saying, I am this, I am healed, I am whole, I am saved, I am greatly loved, I am strengthened, I submit myself to God, uh, I press each day, I'm not ruled by fear, the Holy Ghost lives in me, I this and I that and I am this, these are the promises of God that tell me who I am in Him so that when the enemy comes to me and tells me that I ain't nobody and that I, you know, shut your mouth, Joe, he's going to try to shut down my ministry, my work for God, he's going to try to shut it down by saying that's a gospel of selfism. But not realizing that, you know what, there are many ministries in the body of Christ. And how do you know if God isn't using a preacher for a sermon, for uh, whatever, to remind somebody that, hey, you are somebody. You are somebody in God. Now, I don't see in any of those scriptures where uh, I am promoting health, wealth, and fame, and, and all of that. I'm not, I don't see where I am promoting myself at all. I am just declaring to the world, to whoever's listening, namely to the devil. I am declaring who I am in Christ Jesus. Before I was formed in the belly, he knew me. He had a plan for me. From the end to the beginning, from the beginning to the end, it will be accomplished. I am. All of these things that the Bible says that I am. Now that's not to puff myself up, but that is to give me strength. For when the devil comes and starts attacking me, whether through somebody's uh, ignorance online or whether through somebody's uh, boldness to my face, wants to say that, uh, that hey, I heard that message and, and yeah, you're all about yourself. You know, do your homework and take your ignorance up out of my face. I don't want to hear it, devil. You know, just like Jesus even told Peter, who we know was the rock, who preached the first message after Pentecost, even told Peter. Right after, I believe it was, he told him, upon this rock I'll build my church. Read a little further down, and then he all of a sudden now is calling him the devil. Get behind me, uh, Satan. You know, get behind me, devil. I bet Peter was like, well, at one point, hey, I'm the rock. Jesus is, yeah, he's calling me the rock. And then few scriptures down, uh-oh, now Jesus is calling me a devil. So, you know, how do you know that sometimes you gotta, you, you got to tell the enemy who you are? I'm not, I'm not preaching this uh, that you're all some to promote yourself. I, I want to preach this and remind people from time to time that you are somebody in God. You are somebody. You are as strong as the Bible says you are. The same spirit that lives in me, uh, that raised up Christ, lives in me. If the same spirit uh, that you have is the Holy Ghost, if you have the Holy Ghost, then the same spirit that raised God, Jesus Christ from the grave, well, it lives in you too. He will raise you up also. The same spirit that was in Christ lives in you, lives in me, and we can do all things through Christ Jesus according to his riches and glory. Tell the devil that you are not who he says you are. Tell whoever the devil is that's getting on your back and saying, taking it in the way that, uh, yeah, that you're promoting yourself. I do understand there are preachers that promote their self. Not every Friday and not every day is going to be a Friday. Trust me, there's not. We have to teach and preach suffering. We have to teach that we are somebody. We we can teach and preach that, you know, it's not wrong to be wealthy. Uh, Job was the most wealthiest man of his time. And yet he still didn't curse God. He was, a, he was right before God. And he was extremely wealthy. So was Abraham. So was uh, uh, Solomon in, in all his glory. 
God used so many wealthy people. It is extremely hard for a wealthy man to enter into the kingdom of heaven, but with God, all things are possible. And, you know, so rather than always running your mouth and stuff, please do your homework, follow up, go collect all that you can collect uh, on a person before you start bashing on their ministry. And, and if you don't feel like doing your homework, then just please keep quiet. You're not helping nothing. You know, you're not, you're not helping uh, God's kingdom to move forward in one accord. You know, having all things common, understanding that you, understanding that there are many, I always say, my, my feet don't tell my hands what to do because my feet are not my hands. My feet can watch my hands and my feet can learn what my hands do, but my feet will never fully know what my hands are supposed to do unless they actually became my hand. And you know what? My feet will, won't, they will never become my hand. So what right does it give my feet to try to tell my hands how to grab a hold of a cup? You know, uh, so when you have the word of God, it, don't handle the word of God uh, with wisdom. Many times, hold your wisdom. Don't remark on a matter. If you do remark on a matter, if you judge a matter, please explain yourself. Don't do it just to beat somebody up or stir up a debate. That's not of God at all. So you can call this message what you will, and you can chew and stew on all the selfism that I just declared to you through the letter words of God himself found in the Holy Bible. I, I am Jesus Christ. I am a child of the Most High God. The same power that raised Christ from the grave lives in me. The Holy Ghost is in me and I have all power uh, that Jesus had to be a witness and to be a greater witness even, to reach even more people than what even he did. I am somebody in Christ. I will not allow the devil to get up in my face and tell me I am not nobody because I am somebody. I am special to God. If you belong to God, you are special to God. All of God's children mean something to him. Not one child is any better over the other. So uh, I'll leave all of that with that. Uh, I pray that uh, you go through uh, all the scriptures that I just read there. Uh, please think before you, you remark on something. Think before you judge somebody's ministry. Read the Bible, study and meditate, uh, examining your own selves, showing yourself approved to God, not having to prove yourself uh, to your neighbor that, hey, I really told that preacher off. Yeah, we, we got him. <laughs> Go back to school, please. Go back to school in the word of God and allow God, humble yourself and allow God to teach you how to hold your peace. And if it not be of God, God will destroy it. Hold your peace, though. If it be of God, God will still bless it. Whether you understand it or not, sometimes you just got to leave your mouth quiet. Be wise. A wise man wins souls. Wise men don't go out and beat people up with the Bible. Wise men don't go out and maliciously judge their neighbor without explaining their opinions about it. Be a wise saint. Be a wise child of God and go out and win souls. Go out and, and help, uh, you know, teach your brother or sister. Teach them, not beat them. You know, 
uh, all scripture's good for uh, correction and edification and, and teaching and preaching and all that. All the scripture is. It's all good for that. The scripture was never meant, though, for us of the same family, the same body of Christ. To, to My hands don't take the Bible and start beating my feet because my feet don't act like my hand. You know, my feet may be doing that, but we ain't going to do that up here in my hands. That church may do that and behave that way, but I'm not going to behave that way. I ain't saying that way's wrong. I don't understand that way. Something I don't understand, I don't try to act like I do know and understand. There's nothing wrong in saying, I don't know. I don't understand that yet. Maybe that person understands something that you don't understand yet. Who says that you are above this person in your wisdom and knowledge of the word of God? How do you know that God ain't using this person in a realm that you have no clue about yet? Because maybe it's just not meant for you to get to that, uh, that area of understanding. Not saying that that person is above or below or you're above or below. How do you know? That your neighbor, whom that you don't personally know, how do you know if God is not using them in a way? You'll say, well, because the word of God, this, 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 that. Well, then tell that person this, this, and that. Go have a discussion with them rather than always bashing them. And wait a minute, I love this one. Joe Hackney, exposed. This exposed word, ism word, syndrome words, prosperity, word of faith. and That's the problem. Now, I believe this to be the truth, really. It was a blessing to have a Bible when they first came out and was printed. And that we could have a Bible in our own hands. But now the Bibles have been, there's, there's so many Bibles out there, so many versions, so many uh, uh, different interpretations and, 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 and versions of Bibles that it's just caused mass confusion now. People don't know uh, which to believe. If, if I was a new Christian right now and I'm really wanting to study God's Word, I would, I, yeah, first of all, I need to know what Bible to study. And when you go out there, you see them all. There is actually a Queen Anne, yeah, a, a Queen James Bible. It's for the homosexual community. There's so many Bibles out there. What, which one do you, you know, because we always have to consider the source of information that we are getting. If you watch, if you if you got some information and you want to tell me some kind of news, I want to know where did you get your information from? Because if you got it from a source that is known to be false, well, then I'm not going to believe what you're saying. And I'm going to encourage you, please don't repeat that because this is known to be a lie over here. And so with the Bible now, uh, many times we will argue our positions based off the interpretation or version of Bible that we have because there's so many of them now that it's what we really need to do sometimes. If you want to uh, uh, go on a fast and you want to detox yourself spiritually, put your Bible down. Go to the, the source, the rock that you know. Go to Jesus Christ in prayer and in fasting, not reading the Bible, not reading any version, just you and God. Go and get on your face, pray and fast, and seek the source that is above every other source ever, Jesus Christ, God the Father, Jesus himself. Go to him. He is the source. Because you know what? There was a day and a time that a Bible was not in publication. They were on scrolls and all that. We happened to find uh, the, the scrolls over to Dead Sea. We put, you know, they, different people put the Bibles together. For one person to say that the, the, 
1611 King James original. That's the only one to go by. And then somebody else, nope, just the regular King James. Somebody else say, no, no new King James. Nope, no new international versions. We'll say all these things. And do you have any, what's your source of information to say that you shouldn't do this and shouldn't do that? I have some versions myself. I, I don't promote. Uh, I just don't promote them. I don't have the time to get into why I don't promote a certain one right now. Uh, maybe that'll be in another Bible study. But for the most part, we never had Bibles in the beginning. We had uh, word of mouth, house to house, meeting daily. 